From the Politics and Power section of the Washington Post, Congress wants to strengthen financial sanctions against ISIS, by Karun Demirjian. With Washington at loggerheads over how to counter the Islamic State on the ground, both parties are proposing expanded financial sanctions as a strategy to assail the terrorist group's operations. Republicans, like Jeb Henserling, Texas, chair of the House Financial Services Committee, and Democrats, such as Senate Minority Leader Harry Reid, Nevada, are calling for Congress to pass new laws to further cut off the group's financial networks, and panels on both sides of the Capitol are examining ways to enhance such sanctions next year. ISIS is only the latest foreign aggressor that Washington is trying to neuter, with sanctions through the Treasury Department's Office of Foreign Assets Control, or OFAC which implements and enforces economic restrictions against a variety of terrorist organizations, rogue nations, and regimes with which the United States has complex relations, such as Russia after its invasion of Ukraine and Iran, with whom the country recently struck a nuclear pact. Sanctions have become an increasingly popular alternative between words and war, said acting OFAC director John Smith during a recent interview. But the nature of the ISIS threat and Congress's zeal to respond to Paris and San Bernardino with more sanctions is stirring a debate about whether more sanctions will actually be helpful. Some wonder whether lawmakers would be better focused on the political impasse over the anti-ISIS military strategy, or on confirming Adam Susbin, the acting Treasury Undersecretary for Terrorism and Financial Crimes, whose nomination has been stalled since the spring. Sanctions not only can block you out of the international financial system, but from crossing a border, or getting on a plane, or getting on a train. And so our list can do all of that. And that can be incredibly impactful, Smith said. But he added, economic sanctions are not the answer to every one of the world's problems. Seventy-five years ago, when the Treasury Sanctions Office was set up, then as the Office of Foreign Funds Control, its mandate was comparatively simple. Keep foreign assets from getting into the hands of Nazis, and preserve them for the more legitimate governments that would follow. For decades, the work that the FFC and later OFAC would do focused chiefly on sanctioning states, from the Soviet Union to Cuba to Iraq to South Africa, with varying degrees of across-the-board economic restrictions. Over the last 20 years, humanitarian concerns led the United States to adopt targeted or smart sanctions instead, to alleviate the economic burden on civilian populations. Since September 11, 2001, much of OFAC's efforts are concentrated on effectively sanctioning terrorist entities and governments that sponsor terrorists, such as Al-Qaeda and its affiliates, and cyber-hacking networks. As the global conflicts grew more complex and terrorism rose, OFAC's portfolio grew significantly. While the office managed about a dozen active sanctions programs in 2000, it now counts over 40, including efforts to sanction the Islamic State. OFAC has been sanctioning several leaders of ISIS and its spin-off groups under Executive Order 13224, which has let the government target terrorists and their facilitators since it was issued in 2001. The Treasury Department is working with foreign governments, such as Iraq, to cut off ISIS's access to local financial networks. But experts point to ISIS as a unique kind of threat, even for an agency as experienced as OFAC, because of its hybrid nature. Terrorist in its tactics and purpose but state-like because it controls such a broad swath of territory, with access to local resources and populations to tax. That structure requires OFAC to address the ISIS threat with unique combinations of its tools. You can apply dimensions of the Treasury playbook from the past decade quite well, if you've got the right intel, but you've got an enemy that has adapted and learned to move money and territory it controls, said Juan Carlos Sorate, 
a counterterrorism expert with the Center for Strategic and International Studies, and a former assistant treasury secretary for terrorism and financial crimes during the George W. Bush administration. That creates complications beyond what Treasury has been able to handle in the past. Congress's determination to give OFAC new sanctioning tools is a testament to the experience of sanctions over the last decade actually working and having some effect, Zarate continued. Yet it's somewhat misguided to think expanding the toolkit of sanctions is the answer, he argued. You'd need more financial intelligence, more cooperation, and ultimately, the major dimension to this is the physical disruption on the ground, he said. Treasury officials seem to agree that adding to their range of existing options might have limited effect. They stress that foreign banks already pay close attention to the United States' specially designated nationals list, which freezes the assets of individuals and companies, prohibiting them from doing almost all dollar-denominated business. They stress that the current sanctions can interrupt the Islamic State's connection to the outside world, even if they can't prevent...